Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Happy day before. Thanksgiving. We are ever so thankful for you guys. I'm Susanna Collins. That's Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros. So we've got Lisa Carlin in for some headlines. Guys, we get a day off tomorrow. Preach! <laughs> 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 Sorry, y'all. We're not excited at all. Uh, check out our cornucopia. We are all kitted out. It is a feast here on Morning Footy. Can someone explain to me what a cornucopia was? We or had is? this discussion. We can't. I, it was just something that was part of the Thanksgiving table spread always, and I don't really know the origins of it. Nico, this is a tradition in America. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Nico's not from here. He's, I'm looking up cornucopia. He's from He's Argentina. Are you googling it right now? Yeah, I, but hold up. I, can I we continue maybe for a second? You second, stuff it with some yeah. food. Yeah, it was always carrying fruit, and I'm like, <laughs> they didn't. Why would you carry it in this weird cone-looking thing that I've never seen in nature? Mm. Hmm. Makes no sense. Maybe the the pilgrims. Utilize yeah. Okay, so in classical antiquity, in, <laughs> in classical antiquity, the cornucopia, from Latin cornu and copia, abundance. Okay, yeah. also called horn of plenty, was a symbol of abundance and nourishment. Commonly, a large horn-shaped container overflowing with produce, flowers, or nuts. Feels like it's symbolic, but for Thanksgiving, all it says is, in most North America, the cornucopia has come to be associated with Thanksgiving and harvest. It's okay. so dumb. Oh, harvest. Yeah. A bunch of people harvest. had dinner once, and we still celebrate it to this day. It's awesome. The, thank, the Thanksgiving part is awesome. But why do we need the cornucopia part? Can we move on? Wow. Stop throwing shade at Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday, but this is... Is it really? Yeah. It's your favorite. Yeah. Wow. It's all... I mean, It's I surprising. It. He hates Halloween. Loves Thanksgiving. Yeah, but Halloween the whole premise of Thanksgiving is like feasting and eating, which like, I mean, I celebrate oh, too. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> right? It's also the Am fact that you don't have to give each other gifts. The whole purpose is to spend time you, with each other. Yeah. I agree. You hang out. It's a lot of hanging out. <laughs> I feel like it's an underrated American holiday. I agree. If people are so hype on ha- Halloween and Christmas on the other sides that 
Thanksgiving doesn't get the love it deserves, and it's Facts. awesome. Guess what? We're going to give it some love Aww. today because I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you all. We're thankful for you guys, and uh, we're thankful for a whole lot of soccer that we're going to talk about today. Um, couple couple sides that don't enjoy hanging out. <laughs> Maybe Brazil and mm. Argentina. Ooh. It's like your drunk uncle and your cousins at Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, we're talking some Ball World Cup qualifiers, Brazil. Uh, hosting Argentina at the Maracana yesterday. And before the game even started, there were some problems. Here are some scenes, and uh, there were some fights in the stands between the Argentina fans and the Brazil fans and Brazilian police got involved. Nico, what did you make of all this when you saw this unfolding? We don't know the reason as to why this erupted, but we do know that between Argentina and Brazil, there is a fierce, fierce rivalry. And when they're so tightly placed together in a stadium, you need the smallest of sports. Oh my God, look at that guy just oh. throwing haymakers. Trying. But you, you also saw police just swinging those batons recklessly. Yeah. For, for that's what we saw. And that's what we saw. fans begging for them to stop. Hands out in yes. a gesture of, we don't want this to happen, and Brazilian police just wailing at Argentina fans, which historically has happened in Brazil. I was there three weeks ago on the Copa Libertadores when people were indiscriminately attacked by police in the beaches, where formerly Independiente had issues when they had to play the Copa Sudamericana final in the Maracana and River as well. There have been previous incidents. They had the, the health police the last time that Brazil and Argentina played each other in World Cup qualifiers show up to the field to try to cancel the game. That try, they did. They, they walked onto and, the and pitch. And they did and they were, they were successful in it. There's an issue with Brazilian police with crowd control that's frankly disgusting. Why is it every time an Argentine group of supporter section shows up to Brazil and they get hit by police. Where the other way around, it's been pretty docile. Mm -hmm. It's historically, you, in Brazil, in Argentina, they don't receive the same violence that yeah. Argentinians receive in Brazil. And, and Why were these fans and sitting it, next to it, each other? I don't know, but it was it's, good that's to think That's the federation's fault, and you're absolutely right. Someone needs that's, to be, someone needs to be so, to, that's the called to fault. the carpet over why these fans were mixed together. We've not seen and this in the sport outside of the U.S. Where I went to Brazil, Argentina, when it was at um, Giant Stadium or Meadowlands, and the fans were mixed, but that's, I've only ever seen that here. When I saw that in the videos, I'm like, how is that possible? Especially for something called the eternal rivalry. Right. You know this is what's gonna happen. But it was good to see the, the, the Argentine team go to the crowd, try and calm things down, see where their things- Their families were their, there. Their families they shouldn't were there. have And Messi to. just said, we're out. Mm -hmm. Everyone, let's go. And it seemed like at that point, when they all walked off, the Brazilian supporters, the police, they're like, oh, they might abandon this game if we continue this because the Argentine fans, they were calm. They were getting attacked. Then it seemed like the Brazilian police neutralized their fans, neutralized them, themselves, and then the game was able to continue or just start. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm disappointed again. It was almost foreseeable. It's like mm -hmm. when it was happening, it's like, oh, again? Were you nervous leading up to this game that something like that might happen? Maybe. You're always You're nervous. always concerned. I, I frankly think it's a miracle that it didn't happen in the Copa Libertadores that I was at. Mm -hmm. I, I would think that it would be a higher chance of that right. happening. I feel like if it would have been a, a more con 
tested, fiercer fan base than Fluminense because I feel like there are a little bit more violent fan bases. Maybe it could have happened. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was a miracle. I, I know people that were tear gas outside the stadium that were going to the stadium in the Copa Libertadores final. But it's just, it's, it's concerning. I'm not saying Argentines are perfect in Argentina. Sure. Let, me, let me walk back what I said because, because clearly there are ways to improve on, on both sides. But when Argentines see this, you know how they're going to treat Brazilians the next time that they yeah. go to Argentina? You know what that's going to be like? Not good. Not I'm, I'm just saying when Fluminense, for example, went to Argentina for the Copa Libertadores for their group stage game against River... Boca received them at their facilities. They gave them shirts. They, there was really no major incident. But that's the club. That's not the right, supporters. Right, but, but there was no major incident outside of that. Two they, wrongs they, don't make they, a right. They went, they went to Monumental. And I just, there's no, it's, it's difficult to see this happen continuously in mm-hmm. Brazil. Is yeah. it safe to say that Maracanã is the spotlight stadium in Brazil? For sure. It's a, for this to happen there is just a continued stain on Comitable World Cup qualifying, especially with your two most heralded pieces, yep. your Argentina and Brazil. This is embarrassing. Fans shouldn't be getting stretchered off bleeding from the head yeah. because it, they were standing near a Brazil fan. That's an embarrassment. I don't know what started it either. I don't want to sit here and right. say that Arge- well, we the Argentina know. fans yeah. are no, we 100% don't. in the right. But it's a, this, is a, this is an embarrassing sight. This is what the whole world, the whole footballing world is watching this. But I will say, it seemed like that mentality carried into the game for sure because the, oh. it, it there was it was not a beautiful a beautifully played match yeah, no, no the tone had the been tone was it was a fight uh-huh. it was, it was no Jogo Bonito from minute one to minute 90 there was no Jogo Bonito no yeah. not at all yeah and here we are you know discussing what happened before the game rather than what actually took place on the pitch uh so for those of you that don't know Argentina got the one nil win over Brazil um at the Maracana Lionel Messi did play in this game, uh, but this is what he said on Instagram afterwards. He said this team continues to make history. Great victory in the Maracana, although it will be marked by the repression of Argentinians once again in Brazil. This can't be tolerated, and it's insane, and it needs to end now. Mm -hmm. This is from Leo. He was a captain yesterday. He was a true captain, a true leader of this Argentine group and a lot of Argentine people that really look up to Messi. And like you said, the moment that he saw that there was too much violence in, in the stands, that it was had gone overboard, he goes, all right, we're out. Mm-hmm. Let's head into the locker room. Yeah. And then and then Kamabo, I think, pressed on, and that's when they decided to play. But it was, it was played like a true South American Clásico. After everything that went on, it's almost like I expected nothing less. But again, Argentina liked playing into that. De, de Paul mm-hmm. and McAllister did so much dirty work. Yeah. And, and in a game that you know that's going to have that type of physical just punch, there's going to be a, a, a lot of back and forth physically. And, and, and you manipu- want your players. And manipulating the referee oh my as well. God. Right? It, this was it's it's kind of like back to old school, as if VAR did not exist. Because guys are going down, holding their face, not t- not being touched in the face. DePaul was was a, a protagonist there, antagonist. And also the Brazilian players. Yes, I mean it goes both ways. But this was a, a big moment for Brazil. Martinelli squanders that chance. Debo Martinez stands on his head, makes a good save. But you gotta finish that if you're Martinelli. Then they earn the corner, and Otamendi rises and gets the big goal off the corner kick. 
This was the game winner mm. with the service. An ugly header is how this game should have been won. It was just, there was nothing. It shouldn't have been a, like a beautiful shot. Should have been a that, that was no ugly header. That was you know bad. what I mean? Just a, just a straight up header as one. opposed to like some beautiful curling shot. This was a messy game. No, no pun intended. And then this is just kind of, uh, th this is the type of thing where I don't know, how is this a red card? Do, you have not, VAR. Do VAR. He was not touched. <sighs> See, he's holding his arm, he's holding his arm. Joel Linton's like, get off me. So he pushes down on his arm, and he goes did not touch his, his face. face. DePaul goes down and grabs the face. Now, DePaul was hit earlier in and the match in his face. several times. Yeah. Right. But you know, how many times was he on the ground holding his face in this match? Yeah. Four? That I can remember? Well, it has not been good for Brazil recently. This was their first home loss in a World Cup qualifier ever. They are now riding a three-match losing streak. Um, when you think about, and we, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and just the, the struggles that, that they've had. Um, Ancelotti is apparently coming in September. We don't know. Not even, apparently, reportedly, it reportedly, was for Copa America. It, but that hasn't been made official. It has not. And he denies the rumors on his end. And it just feels like this Brazilian side is kind of in this weird state of, of limbo right now. And it doesn't, I, I mean, can it get fixed? Is it, it, is it a concern right so, now uh, for the Federation? Yes. It, it for sure, yes. Can, when, when Argentina's winning and you're so far behind in World Cup qualifiers, they have a year to correct it. Copa America is going to be a, a big indicator as to where need a new manager. really at. They need, they need a manager. It, having your best Brazilian manager domestically is not good enough when he still has another job. Fluminense, Fluminense, the team that he's managing, plays at the Maragana today. <laughs> 24 hours. His team, the team that he's being paid for. So is that the best that Brazil has? There's clearly, an, there's, there's a downward spiral of Brazilian football since post 2006, 2010-ish. They won a couple of Copa Americas here or there, but for the most part, they have not been able to capitalize on some of the talent that they've had. They're not producing top-level coaches. It is concerning. And hiring Genese was sort of appeasing the fans. The, the, the Brazilian fans are sort of split that some believe the team is becoming too European, the tactics are becoming too European, and they've sort of lost their way, the, the Brazilian way, which is, again, like we said, the Jogo Bonito, the playing freely, the one-on-one. But how many of those players were playing in, in Brazil in 2002 when they won that World Cup? No, no. I, no, listen, I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and agree with you. I'm, sit, I'm simply saying that Geniz was in a, was in the a opportunity the to, yeah, to appease that sort of that fan base. But there are questions as to, do you have a, a domestic coach that's good enough? If Janice was, if this was his only job, would it, would it be good enough? Do you have players that are playing that style that can do that? The big name, obviously, being Neymar, that can sort of continue to play that style. He's playing in Europe. Does he still play that way? Can, can you bring that style back? Can you do it in time to win trophies? There's a lot of questions that are sitting here, and you have a, you have a fan base that's split. You have a... Uh, a federation that's sort of not necessarily going in the right direction. But the one thing you have is this insane amount of talent. You just need someone that can put it together. Mm -hmm. Again, this isn't a talent problem. No, mm -hmm. this is never going to be a management problem. Right? This is a management problem. This is a clear indication that when you lose a, a central figure in, in the, on the sidelines as a manager to decipher what's the best 
combination of players and tactics to get the most out of the group, how things go south. Yeah. This, is, this isn't a talent thing, right? And, and I say that because if you look across different teams, it's all about how the manager holds himself and holds the players accountable and how he gets the most out of each player by making sure he gets the right combination. And if you don't have that, you're not going to get results. And Brazil should be winning, should be, should be at the very least neck and neck with Argentina at the top. Well, yep. they, they're now in sixth place. They dropped down Crazy. to sixth. Only Jeez. the top 16s qualify. The World Cup. So this is, I mean, it, 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 there's time. There's obviously yeah, plenty of time. But it's just, it is quite jarring to but see them in this position. They know that. The Federation must see that <laughs> they're, they're close to hitting what is their rock bottom. They've never, so mind you, it wasn't only their first ever World Cup qualifying loss mm. at home, right? Because that's a 70-year-plus streak that was smashed by Argentina. They had never lost two competitive games to any other country wow. in the Maracaná, and Argentina did so in successive fashion. The Copa America final, mind you, there was wow. not a full stadium, but it was a Copa America final nonetheless. And then, and then this game, it's it's wild, and it just wild. there's blemishes throughout the last decade or so of Brazil underachieving, mm -hmm. uh, tainted by a seven to one loss in a World Cup semifinal, constantly coming up short when you have an extraordinary pool of talent. There are questions to be asked, and when, and then on the flip side, it's always what the what your neighbors doing on the other side of the street. What, what are they doing? They're winning the world. Argentina Cup. Just they're winning the, the Copa America on, on soil. They're sitting on top of, of the standings. However, yesterday it was interesting because they get the one nil win. Argentina gets the one nil win, and then after the game, Scaloni kind of sheds some some nowhere. doubt on show. his future with Argentina. Here's that sound. Parar la pelota, ponerme a pensar, tengo muchas cosas que pensar eh, en, este, en este tiempo. Eh, estos jugadores me han dado un montón, nos han dado un montón a todo cuerpo técnico. Y necesito pensar, necesito pensar mucho eh, qué voy a hacer. Eh, no es un adiós ni, ni otra cosa, pero necesito pensar porque la vara está muy alta y... Y está complicado seguir y está complicado seguir ganando y estos chicos los ponen difícil. Entonces toca pensar este, este tiempo, se lo diré al presidente, se lo diré a los jugadores después, porque esta selección necesita un entrenador eh, eh, que tenga todas las energías posibles y que esté y que esté bien. No, no, no estoy diciendo eso, estoy comentando lo que está pasando. Listo. Buenas noches. Whoa. Nico, where did this come from? I don't know. It caught everybody by surprise. Because it sounds like he didn't, the players had no idea. It, it, it just felt like this was almost a, a, a spur of the moment type of reaction from him in this, in this press conference. Nobody seemed to be expecting this. After and with things going win, yeah. so well, it just, it, it, it was shocking. Reportedly, the players didn't know. So there are speculations because you can only speculate. We don't, we don't know what's the reality of the situation, but... It's wildly surprising, and he's got it till March, I guess. When he says this time, I imagine it's the time between now and the next window. Well, how did that make you feel as an Argentine? Yeah, were, I mean, were you, how important is he yeah, he's to a, the he's success of this He's one of the team? leaders of this team. He's the, the manager that gets everything right. Crazy enough, he doesn't have that coaching experience at the top flight football, 
winning the World Cup is the only thing on his CV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and making the right tactical yeah. tactical adjustments in that World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he was great. So Toro Martinez, who has been crushing it in Europe. Yeah. Top goal scorer, taking him off, empowering Alexis McAllister, like getting the most Enzo Fernandez. He, he, he it, benched De Paul also, who was a little bit injured, but he decided incredible. Enzo Fernandez. But who, who would be next in line? If he walked away, <laughs> would you, do you even have like an idea? Hmm? Marcelo Gallardo. Dios oh, he, he's chilling in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, did he Dios just take Simeone. a yeah, big old bag? He did, but... Yeah, he took the bag. The big old like bag. No, no one was expecting this. I feel like if there's a possibility of an opening, I don't know if the guys would have taken the bag. What did you think about that sentence, with a statement he said, esto chico lo hacen difícil? What did that, the, because the translation isn't exact. These these guys well, make it. Tr- diffi- the it's a, these guys make it uh, make it difficult. It's not exactly word like because they keep winning. Right, because they keep winning. They 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 themselves keep setting the bar high because they're they're all world class and they. It just seemed odd that top. It's difficult. That phrasing that phrasing made it seem but odd. He, he's also smart because if you're a manager, your stock is as high as it possibly can be right now. Mm-hmm. Scaloni. Knowing that Messi, who was injured with a quad, right, has to sub himself off. If he's gone, the, t- the team is not the same, right? If you are thinking about the future and your next move after Argentina, you want to be out before that you start coming down. Yeah, I mean, it's right? a good point. Why not, take, why not leave Copa America afterwards, Copa America? To have a risk to not end up on top? Maybe, maybe just to start alerting some of those cl- bigger clubs in the world that, hey, if you make an offer, I'm listening. I feel like I'm thinking about what's next. that without you having to come out in this uh, conference and surprise everybody. But it's, a, it's another it tactic. Is, I, think it's a, I think it's taken everyone by surprise. I mean, we're all, like you said, we're all speculating. Uh, we wouldn't even have an idea as to who could. Uh, the Federation probably doesn't know who's next. No, they probably no, don't have a plan. No, they were sitting here with this gold what mine. The, did you see any reaction in the Argentine press to this? Yeah, everyone, everyone was, was just everyone kind of was, like. Absolutely. No one was expecting that he yeah. would even like. The, the crazy part is that reportedly that was like him telling the world what's up. Chiqui Tapia, who's the president of the Federation, didn't know. The players themselves didn't know. They asked, like, a couple of players in the mix zone afterwards, like, like and they had- what's up? And it's like, oh, and they were all a little bit shocked. And they said, we, I think we can, Cuti Romero was the one that ended up saying, I, I think we can convince him to stay after Copa America, which is like. What's the new president saying? The the president of the federation? No, of the country. Oh, oh, I don't. You know, I don't know. Honestly, that's an interesting point. I did, got I a, I he's got an accident. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Something probably unhinged. Probably. Oh man, gosh. Too bad there was no drama last night. Too bad. My goodness. Uh, here's a look at some of the other Kamabal World Cup qualifying results. Uh, Uruguay with a 3-0 win over Bolivia. We are going to do a little deep dive into them coming up later on in the show. But right now, we're going to take a quick time out. Lisa Carlin's going to be back with some headlines when we return. Stick around, everyone. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypod Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, this is interesting. So following that loss to Trinidad and Tobago, well, I I think Luca De La Torre might have posted this prior to that match on Monday, but then... No, because no, it was yeah, a, yeah, a tough right game. After. Can you do team. it on a Monday night, though? And then, he, and then Anthony Robinson says, apparently we can't. So, it's a little odd. I, it's like they're, they're teammates. Because it's kind of making light of the situation in a way, being like, yeah, can you do it on a Monday night? No, we, we didn't, didn't, but we got through. Wait, so he had to post that before the game. No, no, because no, he does. said it was a tough game, but huh. we progressed to the next round. But can Check. you do it on a... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> like, can you do it on a Monday night at Stoke? You know, Maybe it's like trying like, to make that comparison. Can you do it on a Monday night? Like, meaning that's how difficult this was? That's oh. the only thing I can draw from it. Oh, ah. okay. Well, then he should have capitalized the U. <laughs> To make it clear for all of us, Again, we're trying to decipher. What no, this is why we get in is. trouble. You cannot tell. But inflection either way, from text. you know, it's it's try, it's it's trying to find like the positive, the silver lining in the situation. I, see, I didn't. I don't know. And then Anthony just no. He's like, no, we, 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 we can't. We can't. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just wants to forget about it, which is fine. I'm all for that. Um, hey, let's send it on over to Lisa Carlin, who's got some headlines for us. Thank you so much, Susanna. Good morning, everyone. Um, we've had plenty of bad injury news this week, but I want to start with some positive news because Manchester United defender Luke Shaw has returned to training. The England fullback has been out since March with a muscle injury. United has struggled to find consistency in the left back role in Shaw's absence. Manchester United returns to action on Sunday against Everton. Staying in the Premier League, there was a vote to establish rules preventing loans between clubs and the same ownership. Twelve teams voted to block related party loans, failing, falling just one short of the required amount to implement the rule. This all started over concerns of Saudi-owned Newcastle potentially funneling players from the Saudi Pro League. 
In international soccer news, Peru is sitting dead last in Comibol World Cup qualifying, and head coach Juan Reynoso is about to pay the price for this terrible start. According to multiple reports, the Peruvian Football Federation is set to fire Reynoso after Peru remains the only winless team in South American World Cup qualifying. Yesterday, Peru drew 1-1 at home with Venezuela. Peru picking up just two points through six qualifying rounds. And if Reynoso is fired, he will be the second Comebol coaching change this month after Eduardo Bebrezo stepped down as Chile coach just last week. In MLS news, Inter-Miami has refuted reports claiming that they will take part in a preseason tournament in Saudi Arabia in February. Organizers of the Riyadh Season Cup announced on social media yesterday that Leo Messi and Inter-Miami would face Cristian Ronaldo and Al Nasser as part of this preseason tournament. Not a single team listed in the announcement has confirmed participation, and Inter-Miami took the extra step to issue a statement denying the claims that they have agreed to participate. In MLS news, FC Cincinnati's coach Pat Noonan has been named MLS Coach of the Year. He led Cincinnati to the MLS Supporters' Shield, earning the fourth most points in MLS history. And Cincinnati finished with a league-best 20 wins and are the top seed in MLS playoffs. Noonan edged out St. Louis City coach Bradley Carnell and Columbus Crew's Wilfred Nunsey for this award. Noonan averaged 45% of the total vote, Carnell receiving just 28%. Susanna, Pat Noonan and Cincinnati, they had a special regular season, Mm -hmm. but with Carnell and St. Louis City, they exceeded all expectations as an expanded team in this. How surprised are you at Noonan's win? Honestly, I'm very surprised, Lisa. Um, And this is not to take away anything from Pat Noonan and what he has done with FC Cincinnati because the turnaround at that club has been nothing short of Remarkable. Miraculous. And I, 100%. <laughs> From wooden spoon to top. 100%. Yeah. Um, but I think that what Bradley Carnell did in St. Louis in year one in their inaugural MLS season is completely unprecedented. And I don't think we will see anything like that ever again with a, a expansion club. Um, they broke all kinds of records. They finish on top of the Western Conference standings, a very strong Western Conference, by the way, and maintained it for the entire season. And I think that, you know, if you're voting for a coach of the year, I think that those those benchmarks and those achievements in one single season in their first season in MLS is something that should should have been should trump the, recognized. The exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And again, not to take anything away from Pat Noonan in Cincinnati because it is it is incredible what they've done, but I just think that the achievement of of Bradley Carnell in a first season in MLS is is a little bit more. It carries a little bit more weight. It's a little bit more impressive to me, having been in and around the league and watching expansion clubs struggle early on in their MLS existence. It's it's incredible what he's done. So yeah, I was I was I was surprised. I knew it was going to kind of be a, a two horse race between those two managers, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I. What do what do I what do I know? Nothing. Uh, no, who I, I who would you? I, I voted for Bradley Carnell. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer in either of those two coaches, but for Bradley Carnell, who is taking his first full full time head coaching role in MLS to have achieved what he achieved with an expansion side, I, I just think that trumps what FC Cincinnati were able to do with, under Pat Noonan. But 
you can't argue because he won the league in, in kind of spectacular fashion. Cincinnati were, were the top team 100%. throughout the season. Um, and, and kind of if, if you're looking at how he's been able to build after each season since he's been on the sidelines, it's been incredible. Mind you, Bradley, Bradley Carnell has, I mean, it's going to be tough to sustain that type of performance um, next season mm -hmm. yeah. as he did this year, right? The first, first season, they high-pressed that intensity. They were incredible. Roman Berkey was a, uh, Roman Berkey was a, a fantastic goalkeeper this year. Kind of struggled at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they can continue to, to, to um, kind of produce those, those magical moments at home and, and just being a tough team to play against. But, I mean... Both coaches had sensational seasons. Oscar okay. Perea also had yeah. a also had fantastic a season. Nancy. Wilfred Nancy. Bradley Carnell had the greatest expansion year of the top five sports. I mean, uh, in the probably US. in the U.S., for, as far as regular season is concerned. The best expansion year in MLS since, what, 97 Chicago Fire, right? When they won it, they won in their first year under Bob Bradley. Mm -hmm. I, to me, I, it, it was a no-brainer. Look, Pat Noonan had an insane year, a great year. Absolutely deserves some award over Bradley Carnell. No. If you told me before the start of the year, what would be more impressive, Cincinnati winning Supporter Shield or, or St. Louis finishing top Option of the West? Two. Yeah. You, you would say no way in hell. Is St. Louis. I also would have told you. I said that number one. I also would have told the producers, can we get a P test for Charlie? Because he's talking about St. Yeah, Louis. After week five, second. I said, not a chance to uh, keep this up. Yep. You crazy? Yeah. Boy, yep. did, you gave boy, me, was you I You gave me, you know that Charlie Davies look that he gives when he thinks that you've just said something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Like it's yesterday, like, it's in, like, in the Death Scully conversation, he looked at me and he just. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he, it. Yeah. That was the face. I'm still. <laughs> we, we talked about it off air. Don't worry. I'm not going to open that kind of. Word. Okay, good. Good. We're all friends here. Um, all right. We're going to take another break. We're going to chat some CONCACAF Nations League matches when we come back. There were some crazy ones last night. We're diving in after a quick timeout. Nice. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Welcome back. We are chatting some CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinal action. Here's a look at the results. Uh, two big matches yesterday. Canada taking on Jamaica. Jamaica get the 3-2 win, and they end up advancing on away goals. It ends in a 4-4 aggregate, but Jamaica with more away goals, so they will advance. And then Mexico and Honduras end in a 2-2 draw, but Mexico advances 4-2 on PKs. Let's get into the highlights, starting with that Mexico-Honduras match at the Azteca. And Honduras, they were putting a lot of pressure on Mexico early on. They could have gotten the goal, but look at this direct free kick. Luis Chavez. <laughs> what is the Honduras keeper doing? The keeper was <laughs> not even Just paying keeper. attention, I don't Just think. Just his positioning so poor. And look it, as you saw right, that was correct. 11 minutes <laughs> of added time. And Mexico. Get, get the game winner, <laughs> Edson Alvarez. They got Fergie time at the Azteca? Right there. That's oh. that's the one that seals it for them to push it to pens. And why has that guy got a button-down uh, jersey? <laughs> you saw the, the Honduras player with the ripped jersey? This was a wild, wild A match. wild one. So after 11 minutes of stoppage time, it goes to PKs. Whoop. This penalty kick has uh, repeated that twice. So, funny enough how center referee Ivan Barton was so rigorous in applying the goalkeeper off the line rule, but was so flexible in Mexico chanting the homophobic uh, chant protocol. Yeah, you hate to see oh, that. Oh, it's so strange, right? It, it, it baffles me as to why for certain moments uh, so rigorous and for other moments. Are you suggesting that maybe, possibly, that an advantage may have been given to one team over the other? Uh, I feel so bad here for Andy Lahar. Mm. My former teammate with DC United just misses the goal, the pressure. And ironically enough, Andy Nahar was one of the last players, probably the only player on that Honduras team that beat Mexico at the Azteca in the World Cup qualifying cycle for 2014. Mm. So heartbreak for Honduras as uh, Mexico survive. They will move on to the semifinals. Um, they had a bit, I mean, what, what did you make of this performance as opposed to the first leg where it was just, they, they, they had nothing. For Honduras or Mexico? For Mexico. Mexico clearly has a lack of quality that they're not showing on the pitch. They have a Top goal scorer in Santi Jimenez, who can't get going for the national team. Um, and it just doesn't seem like it's meshing. When Jimmy Lozano at the Gold Cup showed that, okay, we're taking a step into the right direction, that process has kind of become a little bit stagnant in these, in these last couple of friendlies and in these Nations League matches. So they have some time to work and in, in March come through and, and, and turn things around because at the end of winning Nations League, they're, they're, they're back on the ball rolling. I have a question for you. We've seen Santi Jimenez play so well for Feyenoord. Why isn't it working with Mexico? Mm, you're the striker, you tell me. <laughs> I, I, it's crazy to think, and so many nines that Mexico has, none of them are working. There's no, there's, there's no goal scorer for Mexico. Is he overrated? No, I don't think he's overrated. Do you think he's overrated? I do. Really? In, in just... Watching him up close and personal at the Nations League semifinal and final last summer, 
He looked overrated to me. Okay, with the, with the Mexican national team, for sure he's overrated. He's clearly not putting up the numbers that you expect from him. Just his movement wasn't sharp. His finishing clearly isn't sharp with the Mexican national team. If you're comparing him to a Chicharito, uh, a Carlos Vela, I think even, that's a, G, even a Gio now. Dos Santos. Very early in his I, career. Well, when, the when they were at his age... With the national team, For sure, it was just, it he, was a big difference. He needed to shine. He needs a goal to kind of like back himself up. Be like, okay, I'm here to be the nine, right? And he hasn't he hasn't had that breakthrough with the national team. Because Henry true. Martin, yeah, not not that guy. The, for for a Mexican team that is is trying to reclaim this this excellence in Concacaf, they are missing quality, and I I don't. I, I think if you're looking at their, their talent pool as well and their youth coming up, have you seen enough from that, them? They're not producing enough talent like they used to. Mm. Maybe and because they can allow more and more foreigners every time into Liga MX. We're, we're, well, we're talking about the U.S. men's national team winning a, a World Cup, competing at the 2026 World Cup to get into a semifinals, right? That's the goal. This team is far off from those expectations. What is the Mexican public thinking about this group what in 2026 because i'm not hearing hey we should be competing to win that world cup the, the kind of the sentiment that we have is we have a talented group of youngsters coming through the channel who could potentially make some noise we i think for for most of us we felt pretty good after that 2022 world cup in qatar that man we're, we're on the right track we're on the right track that potentially this group gained enough experience in that tournament, and that new youngsters that are coming, starting to play more in Europe, that come 2026, we're gonna have more depth, we're gonna have some, some uh, players who have, are, are of the right age to have that necessary experience to play different styles, whatever the game asks that they can dig in and fight. But this Mexican team, I don't see them even like challenging to get out of the group. Like, that, that should be a goal just to get out of the group. And, and where is that type of, of, you know, ambition? Because looking at the coach, not, not good enough. Looking at the players, not good enough. And looking at the talent, not good enough. And similarly to the U.S., I feel like jury's going to be out. They have the same gauntlet that Perhalter has with the U.S. men's national team. Nations League and Copa America. Depending how you manage it, I think the Mexican Federation is a little bit more rigorous with the expectations from the national team and the national team manager in a tournament like Copa America, for example, as opposed to the US Federation. It's my analysis of, of the situation. Maybe Jimmy Lozano doesn't survive, but we have to see, but maybe he has a good Nations League and he has a good Copa America. Who's in a better place? Right now, US the and US, Mexico? The US. By far? Uh, that's obvious. By far? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you say what, it's rigorous. If you front. say it's rigorous, if the U.S. is so far ahead of Mexico right now, uh, I'm not saying that. I don't think they're far ahead. Are they are ahead in in, in every category though? In talent, yeah. Players, sure. there, there's several steps ahead. Momentum, momentum, energy, or, or so. You know, if Mexico won the, the as many nation. games as the U.S. did at the World Cup, for example. But if you say they're so far ahead, I mean, if you say they're so rigorous. How can they... Historically, they've been the Federation. How can they accept this? And, and Honduras should have gone through. 
and because they haven't hit that moment where it's it's they, they went through they're through to the Nations League they 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 managed a way to get through to Panama's the hot. Panama's the only team out of the four qualified to Nations League that went through with clarity with resounding mm. clarity. And Thomas Christensen is absolutely been sensational with Panama. So if I'm Mexico going into that Nations League semifinal mm-hmm. against a hot Panama that has an identity that is playing at their best. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure Mexico is the favorites going into that. You got potential to be embarrassed mm-hmm. for them. Mm. At a 70,000, what's, what's Cowboy Stadium? Oh, God. 100. 100. No, no, no. Yeah, they no. could fit. Can't they fit 100? We'll be um, there. I'm pretty sure they could fit. Cowboy don't get, get, Charlie, yeah, don't get us in yeah. trouble. Please don't, don't get us in trouble. Remember, I didn't say. We have the right. I know, exactly. 90,000. Okay, uh, 90, <laughs> let's move it along to uh, the other quarterfinal matchup yesterday. Canada taking on Jamaica. Canada won the first leg 2-1, uh, but there was a, a flurry of goals in this match. Look at this. Ishmael Kone starts the attack. Alfonso Davies gets the goal. <laughs> Kyle Aaron, he said, don't touch it. You could be off. Yeah. <laughs> Do not touch it. And, and Canada starts off with the goal. They're in cruise control. They think, okay, we're, we're good here. Then second half. Mm-hmm. Jamaica came. Shamar Nicholson, we saw him score in the first leg in Jamaica. Look at this pressure. Oof. And then smacks it. That is a rocket. Jamaica. Getting back into the game, you could see that tackle there from Damian Lowe, the center back. They're putting the pressure on, and they started to feel it. Hey, we're, we got a chance here. Bobby Decordeville was was sensational in midfield. Again, Shamar Nicholson DeMar getting with a beautiful getting cross. in the box. Yes, what a cross, the finish, and now Jamaica are cooking. Ishmael Kone, though, talented kid, plays for Watford, finds the back of the net. And it's so funny you say that. Because, yes, he started the first goal, he gets this goal, but then caught in possession here. He loses it, and again, Jamaica come back. <laughs> oh, wait, this is the, the pen, but... Handball. Handball. Oh! The stock, yeah. Mm. Wasn't making his body bigger, but... A little bit harsh. Yeah. Bobby de Cordiva-Reed. Ugh. Gets the game winner and Jamaica, Jamaica. go through. Jamaica is going through, um, which sets up a semifinal against the USA on March 21st at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Did we get a ninety? Ninety. Ninety. Ninety thousand. One hundred and five with standing room. Oh, I don't know if. Oh boy. Sold big out old, AT&T Stadium. That's a big old building right and, there. And Yikes. Some, some parking lots. I mean, tailgating is going to be crazy. Yeah. And it's on Paramount Plus, baby. Paramount Plus. Let's go. Look at us. We, we don't know if we're going to be there, just to confirm. I don't want to get a, any... Charlie, we're going to try to keep well, you... What are you talking about? Charlie... Keep you it. honest. Charlie handles the budgets. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie said we were going to be there. <laughs> that's never... I can't imagine... That's never worked against us. I can't like imagine us not says. being there. <laughs> yeah. Shut it yeah. off. Pete, um, Mike Nastry. <laughs> I can hear your phone buzzing from over here, bro. I'm just trying to look out for y'all. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Mbizo Zamane is going to join us to chat some African World Cup quality when we return. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back. 